my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. When I was about five years old, I was terrified of escalators. Really, would not go on them, would go to extremes to not go on them. My parents would literally have to pick me up and carry me onto them. Or, as I got bigger, I would make them walk all the way through the mall to get on an elevator instead, or take the stairs. The technical name for this, if you're curious, is escalophobia. And you may think that you understand it. After all, if you put yourself in the mind of a five-year-old child, escalators do have a certain evil aura. They hum like a monster. There is an eerie green light that shines up through the cracks in the steps like there is some sort of hidden lair underneath. And when you go on them, they seem nice and smooth. And then suddenly, stairs appear out of nowhere, sometimes with steps that have jagged edges that look like teeth, so that if you get up on an escalator that's going up, it really does look like a giant jaw is rising up in front of you to eat you. That is not what caused my escalophobia. I was terrified of escalators because years before, when I was two, I was going with my family to visit relatives in the Netherlands, and we transferred planes in Paris, and I stepped on an escalator. Escalators in Europe are steeper and faster than those in America, or at least this one was. And so I stepped, or misstepped, onto that escalator and turned to see if my parents got on behind me. But I stepped on the crack between those two steps, and so in the split second that I turned to face them, the one escalator step went up, the other stayed exactly where it was, my ankle wrenched horribly, and I fell forward, down several steps besides. I was in pain from my throbbing ankle, my scraped knee, my horribly scraped hands and elbows, from the sharp teeth of those escalator steps. And unfortunately, there was no time to check if I was okay. We were dashing through the airport, afraid that we might miss our plane. And so, at that moment, I developed my deep-seated fear of escalators. Now, some people might call it an irrational fear, but to a two-year-old, that fear is incredibly rational. That escalator hurt me, and the fear of that day got into my guts. I would never trust an escalator again. Never surrender. By the time I got to be six or seven, I was aware that this was a serious problem. My family was getting pretty sick of making long detours to avoid escalators in public places. 
And sometimes we found ourselves getting lost during a quest to find an elevator or we would find ourselves in weird corners of airports and other buildings where we just didn't want to be. But the thing of it was that just knowing that this was a problem wasn't enough to get me to change my behavior. Realizing that countless people ride escalators every hour without the escalator getting them, also not enough to conquer the fear. Even standing in front of the escalator and watching everyone get on and off without incident could not convince me to change. I would stand in front of an escalator, summoning up my courage. My family would stand behind me and root for me. Come on, you can do it. Sometimes they would offer to hold my hand. Sometimes they would get on ahead of me. See, it's okay. It never worked. After five or ten minutes, usually after lots of people had to walk around us or get on ahead of us, we always had to go looking for an elevator or a regular staircase. Needless to say, this added lots of time to whatever we are doing. It took us away from our destination. But even though I knew it was a problem, and even though I knew the root of the phobia, it wasn't enough to get it to stop. I couldn't figure out how to change. I think that many of us in our day-to-day -day lives realize that something is off in our relationship with God. We may even have an inkling as to why, or we may not. We just find ourselves looking around and realize that our life journey has landed us in a place that we do not recognize and that we do not want to be. We feel distant from God and we want to be able to get back to God, but we don't quite know how. Many people think of sin as simply being bad, but I don't think that that's a helpful definition. Sin is anything that separates us from God. So yes, sin is being downright mean to somebody, but sin can be anything that keeps you from living into your baptismal covenant, whether it's something that keeps you from regular prayer or worship, or something that keeps you from loving your neighbor. It can be seeking out what we want instead of what God wants. Or, better yet, sin can be convincing ourselves that God wants whatever it is that we wanted in the first place. So often, we find that the distance between ourselves and God is great. We refuse to surrender our will to God. We move around without even thinking about God sometimes, not realizing that something is wrong. Or sometimes we know that God is just there, but we don't know how to get from where we are to where God is. But sometimes, like my experience with the scalophobia, we have some sense of what the problem is and how a big the problem is. 
and even how we got there. But we just don't know how to change. I no longer suffer from escalophobia. When I was seven, I decided that enough was enough, or maybe my mom decided that's entirely possible, really. I know that she and I made a plan together. I remember distinctly that there was a toy that I wanted, nothing really fancy, just a board game. But I remember that a deal was struck. If I would ride on an escalator and conquer my fear, I would get that particular game as a reward. We went to a department store. I think it was the old Kaufman's in Monroeville before it moved to the mall. And we found a quiet escalator conveniently located near the toy department. And we waited. Or rather, my mom waited. I stood up at the top of the escalator and screwed up my courage. I reached out to touch the banister and then recoiled as the rubber moved out of my hand, seeming to want to draw me into the monster. I took a deep breath. I picked up my leg. I leaned forward and then pulled back. I stepped aside, a little embarrassed, as a little old lady got onto the escalator like it was nothing, nothing at all. Didn't she know the danger that she faced? It took a whole lot of effort. And finally, with one deep breath, I held out both my hands, grabbed both of the sides of the rail, put one foot on the escalator, and then the other made sure my feet were solidly on the step and not that dangerous crack. And then I surrendered, moved slowly down to the lower level of the store where my mother was waiting. I went up the escalator and down one more time just to make sure that it had stuck. And then my mother and I walked to the toy department and bought my game, which I still have, in case you're wondering. It's a great game. Lent is the time to figure out a plan to get closer to God. Ash Wednesday is that first brave, bold step. Because in our heart of hearts, we all know that we're not as close to God as we want to be, and we may know why. We know when we have been hurt, and it makes us recoil. It makes us not want to trust or love our neighbors. It's so much easier to view them with suspicion. But that distances us from God. Our fear keeps us in our comfort zones, and... That, too, is a corner away from God. Most significantly, we don't want to give up control to surrender ourselves to God. And so we find ourselves wandering through strange places, looking for God and yet going farther and farther afield, like looking for a staircase in a shopping mall. And we are bound and determined to figure it all out on our own, because we don't have the time or the courage or the guidance to overcome the problem. We forget about God's grace and for our need for gratitude. 
We get so easily distracted as we wander through our lives. It's like going to the department store for one thing and being distracted by the big sale signs along the way. We thank God when we remember. We go through the motions to thank God for food or for nice things. We forget to take the time to remember where we came from and where we are going. We go through the motions of church, moving our feet, our hands, our mouths, but without moving our hearts, our minds, and our mindsets. And I suspect in our heart of hearts, many of us are afraid. A deep-seated, rational but irrational fear like mine, a fear to be honest with God and to let God into our lives. A fear that arises from places of hurt. A fear that we will be hurt again because we forget. We forget that God is not human. God is love. We forget that Jesus showed us the way of love in the midst of hate. Lent is the time to do what I did that day in the department store to set aside a special time to focus on overcoming the challenge, to to overcome the thing that is keeping you from reaching God. It is an intentional break from the busyness, a chance to stop trying to solve the problem by ourselves. It starts with Ash Wednesday, and it starts now. I'm going to ask you to do what an old seminary professor of mine did, which is to stop, to breathe, to take this moment and find your pulse, either in your carotid or in your wrist. Go on. Stop the racing of your mind and the distractions that keep it busy. Feel your pulse beating steadily. Listen to yourself breathe in and out. Now remember that every single beat you just felt, you did nothing to create that. It came from God. Every moment is from God, and every moment is a moment for which to be grateful. This is what we do when we mark ourselves with ashes. For the ashes are a reminder of our hope for eternal reward, but also a reminder that all we have, starting with the very first beat of our hearts, is a gift from God and a chance to show forth God's love. That is what God wants for us. So how how do we get there? Sometimes all you need is time. Time to pray, time to read scripture, time to reacquaint yourself with God and with your faith. Maybe even a quiet day set aside for reflection and meditation. Sometimes you need someone to encourage you, whether it's a group of people joining together for a common activity like a Wednesday night program or a Bible study, or whether it's just consulting with your local priest. I know 
you won't get a game out of overcoming this challenge, though if you're lucky, you may get an Easter basket at the end. But I will tell you that a deeper relationship is with God is something to be cherished much more than any toy because it is eternal and good. It reminds us that the perfect is possible when we surrender to God. In a moment, I will daub ashes on your head as a reminder that God is in control, that we are mortal and our bodies will return to the dust. But God wants uh, to have a relationship with us that is eternal, to stop being distracted by the fears of this world when we surrender to God. And so this evening, I invite you to join as we take that first step boldly together. Amen. <laughs>